0: Hi friend, you're listening to another episode of Wellness For You with Tony Gonzalez. This is the podcast addressing the stress first responders feel on a daily basis. Tony has been a police officer for 24 years and is currently a patrol sergeant, so she knows stress. Tony has developed daily mindful practices for relieving stress because life is too short. You can't wait for the perfect day, a vacation, or retirement to ease your mind and find inner peace. Let's start feeling less stressed today. Let's get into it.
1: Hey friends, how's everybody doing? I'm super excited to be with another one of my friends today talking to you about stuff that um, we deal with in law enforcement and more importantly, all the exciting things in a career. So. Hey Pam. How are you I'm good. I'm so glad you're here. I really want to thank you for um, agreeing to do it and and I'm really honored that you would stop and talk to me about this stuff. Of course. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So what have you been up to? <laughs> um you mean during COVID? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> you know I think that we're gonna be like drinking coffee. Well we're gonna drink coffee and something else right and we're gonna be saying remember that time when we you know COVID and 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 how crazy that was that I think we're gonna be saying that
0: (laughs) yeah are we gonna be saying that like in a cafe around a lot of other
1: people or are we saying that by ourselves (laughs) distancing well hopefully this doesn't go on for long because I I know I love hugging people and I feel like all of a sudden people are afraid to touch each other and I um and they're even afraid to stand in line with each other and yeah right yeah just Just a a different different time time. it is a different time but hopefully all of this but but to answer your question hopefully it's at a bar
0: (laughs) I know right
1: (laughs) (laughs) well you went there first but you know I'm right there with you exactly you know what people could translate that into a coffee bar or a regular bar what right no judgment. (laughs) so really what have you been up to um just working
0: and you know uh, post-retirement employment and um you know just getting by like everyone else you know
1: yeah yeah so you said retirement I did let's talk about that how many years did you do I did
0: 26 years in total
1: congratulations thank you so much 26 years yes
0: Yeah, long time, but it it goes by, it does go by faster than you think. I have to say
1: that I agree with that.
0: Yeah. You know, when you're in the midst of it and you see the finish line, there's days where you're like, oh, we can't come fast enough, but there's other times where you look back and 26 years goes by in the blink of an eye.
1: It does. It does. I have to agree with you. Like in the middle of it, you're like, okay, so so." So how many more years I have, you know, and exactly. then you're like, and then you're, then you download that app. Did you ever download that app? I did. <laughs> it was torture. Me too. I, had a- <laughs> I remember one time I turned it off because it was getting on my nerves. I was like, it was not moving fast enough. And now I'm there. I'm almost there. And I'm like, oh, this is scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you have to start thinking about, okay, what am I going to do? Yeah, you
0: know when this is no longer um what I get up and what I get out of bed for and go you know and do every day.
1: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It it is scary. I'm not gonna lie, but I have all of you guys to look at and 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 be my role model. Seeing you out here doing your thing, so I'm I'm actually excited. Good. (laughs) So what did you do in twenty six years, Miss Pam? I did a lot of different
0: things. Um, I first started off in the New Brunswick Police Department. Um, Started off just like everybody else uh, in patrol. And we did, uh, community policing was very big back then where you had an assigned area where you, you know, it was your area, you were responsible, that's where Mm -hmm. you went every day. And you really got to know the community just by walking around and, um, you know, just, Making it a point for the community to know you and you to know your community. Yes. start to know, uh, you know, the people that live in the area by name and face and you get to know like their whole family history and who's yeah. related to who and, you know, the struggles that they go through and um, you kind of become part of that community while you're there. Yeah. So that was uh, the beginning of my career. Um, I did some undercover work too. Nice. Um, Undercover prostitution. Oh, hey. Was- <laughs> yeah. um, and I did some decoy work for a serial rapist that was oh, wow. in the New Brunswick area at the time. Yeah. That's um, really great. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, I did, I was in the detective bureau in New Brunswick for a while. All right. Several years doing major crime work um, and some juvenile work. And then I was promoted to sergeant, so I was, um, I, uh, before I went on to a prosecutor's office, I was back on patrol um, at, on the night shift as a supervisor. Yeah. Uh, and then um, about 12 and a half years into my career, I went to a prosecutor's office and was assigned to their major crimes unit um, for most of the rest of my time. Um, I spent a little bit of time in the intelligence unit, but okay. went back to major crimes and got to work on a bunch of different great cases and, um, you know, successful prosecutions. And then the last couple of years of my career, I was um, fortunate enough to get assigned to um, the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force. Yeah. So I spent the last couple of years of my career uh, working with law enforcement officers all over the state um and really the country uh That's awesome doing all different kinds of things and just you know the breadth of knowledge and resources that was available to us was incredible um yeah. so it was it was working on a team like that was truly uh um a beneficial to me to see like the professionalism and the you know the, the reach of when you have the, you're bringing all these different professionals together yes um, and you have the depth of their resources now at your disposal, it makes your job that much easier, you know?
1: Yeah. And it was a
0: true team spirit effort, you know? So I was, yeah. I was happy to be able to meet those individuals and, and really um, even learn from them, even at, you know, 20 plus years in, you know, I felt like I was still learning. And that to me was, you know, it never, the job never got stale or stagnant, you know, when it came to investigations. And that was really, you know, something that I enjoyed.
1: Yeah, I love everything that you're saying, because, um, well, I've always told you this, but I actually, when I'm, I I always looked up to you, because I thought you were like, so knowledgeable. And any question that I had, when any investigation, any questions that like anything, I would always call you because um, I knew that you knew your stuff, you know, and to hear you say, you know, to finish your career out with all the resources and that professionalism. And, and this is a lot of different personalities coming together. Yes. But, but, but being able to come together and solve crimes and, and, and serve our purpose because our purpose is to protect and serve, right? Yeah. Um, it's pretty exciting to hear you talk about that.
0: Yeah. You know, when you, I, and I think that, um, when you are still learning and enjoying what you do, right. Um, yeah. that, uh, it kind of, um, it makes walking away from it a little difficult, Yeah. You know? but, but, you know, after 26 years, it was time for, yeah. it was time, you know, and it's, And that's okay, because then you move on to something else, and you learn, start learning again, and, you know, that it's, you know, but learning something different. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's exciting. I I do agree that this, after a certain amount of years, it has a shelf life, and um, I hate to say that, but it's true, but you can move on to bigger and better things and work on, like you said, always learning something, which is really exciting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we like we like adventures. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's true. Let's talk about that, right? So, how did you how did you wind up in law enforcement? Oh, so
0: I uh, believe it or not, I was going to college at Rutgers, and I was bartending um, to make money, as yeah. most college students have to do. Absolutely. Make money, and um, the bar that I bartended in was uh, kind of like a hangout for um firefighters, police officers, doctors and nurses that would get off work at the local um trauma center.
1: Right.
0: And um, you know, EMTs, so just a lot of people in like that first responder field. Mm-hmm. Um and they were all they were very encouraging, you know, when you ask questions and um, encouraged me to start taking tests. And right. uh, I have uh, law enforcement officers in my family, my grandfather, my cousin, oh, wow. we're police officers. Yeah. When I was growing up, my I grew up in a very small town and my uncle was a police officer in the town. And Everybody knew him. I, he had like a park named after him. He was That's just awesome. Yeah. He, you know, it was like he, this is a job that he was able to really like connect with his community right. every day while he was doing his job. And it was, you know, anywhere we were, he always knew somebody. They were always, you know, coming up to him because he just had that kind of reputation of being, right. you know, uh, a stand up guy, you know. So, that. So I had that kind of background. Um, and my my grandfather was a sheriff's officer and I would hear stories. He passed away before I was born. So Aww. it's not I it was, you know, law enforcement was in my family, you know. Yeah. And, um, working in and around um, you know, first responders and, and getting that encouragement. I started taking tests and I and I took some of the classes in college and it just seemed like, you know, well, it can't the, the classes seemed very Easy to me, it was like I connected with it.
1: Yeah, there was a passion
0: there. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think having that kind of coursework and then having the encouragement of local law enforcement officers at the time was, you know,
1: yeah, what kind of guided me in
0: that direction. So,
1: yeah. that's pretty exciting. I think that's pretty cool because I mean, every, every time. So I ask someone about how they started in law enforcement. We always say, oh, I just fell into it. Or, you know, it just happened. But really, did it just happen? Because it's there. Like, it's something that you're attracted to, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, in order
0: to become a law enforcement officer with taking the test, it's more than just submitting an application, right? right? It's more than just throwing your resume into, like, some classified ad there is a whole Absolutely. long process to it you know they uh your background delves into your your personal life and yep. uh, an officer is going to come and do a background on you and uh ask your neighbors about you and you know not most jobs don't do that right so it's it's a commitment it's a, just the process of becoming a police officer whether it's you know a civil service test or a chief's test and you know, the interview process and then the background and then the academy,
1: yep. those are all things
0: that you're not even technically working yet and you got to go through like a more than a year long process probably.
1: Yeah, so, it no, does- it is a long process. Yeah, it is. It is a long process. Cause I mean, we're, we were civil service towns. So yep. those those are, yeah, it took forever.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Did you have to write an essay when you when you got, had your first interview?
0: No. Yeah. Um, I did not have to do a, an essay, not that I, I recall. Did.
1: I know. I I actually we had to write one. I, I always think about that. I'm like, you know. Yeah. Writing that stuff down, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I
0: remember um, the the gist of my interview for New Brunswick was. Um, you know, what would you do in this scenario or what would you do in that scenario yeah. as a law enforcement officer? And I was like, I don't know, I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, always just taking a reasonable
1: approach is, you know, the It's true. It's you know. True. I know, I know. It is nerve wracking, but there's a lot of what ifs that they that they go through. Um, not all interviews, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So uh so twenty-six years of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. To different locations, right? Mm-hmm. And different positions, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, throughout those years, and you know, I talk about stress and how it affects first responders, and more specifically, um, taking care of ourselves and doing something daily to really relieve that stress is important, right? Sure. Is there anything that has stayed with you throughout all these years? Uh, even after um, you retired. Um, Do you mean like a a case or do you mean
0: like how, you know, I handled something or
1: do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it is, it is a, a good, it's a big question. So what I'm asking is, is there a specific incident that you went to? that stuck mm-hmm. with you, that always has been with you even after retirement?
0: Yeah. So I would say it's not any one specific because right. there's so many. And right. um, look, we deal with victims, right? Yes, um, yeah, sometimes we deal with people for happy reasons, but that's not the norm. No. Um, but I think that overall, the... Things that would stick with me over the course of my life that I'll I'll never forget are child victims. Oh yeah. You know, the the most innocent of victims. And um luckily enough that in all of my investigations that dealt with child victims, that we were able to um seek justice and and get justice for those victims. And there's nothing more gratifying. I think, you know, maybe it's not just one case, but it's um, this overall feeling of when you hear a jury say guilty on a yeah. verdict, and then you get to, um, in some way, breathe a sigh of relief with the victim's families, right? Yes. Um, but know that all your hard work was, um, was seen it and um that a jury a uh, this group of independent unbiased objective people see the evidence the same way we did right and um and just to seek that that justice for the families and spend the time with them getting to know them over the course of because these cases take years right yeah they do um, and then um and then be able to you know uh In a small way, celebrate the win. It was a win, you know. They, you're never going to bring their loved one back ever, but you, there, there's a sense of closure for them and a sense of, you know, somebody was out there fighting for them that, you know, they weren't by themselves. Yeah. And there's no greater feeling than when you spend that time. Uh, after a trial with a family who is appreciative of your efforts and um, you know you're there to get them through um, most often the most difficult time in their lives
1: absolutely I agree so, with that.
0: yeah so it's not just any one case but it's all those cases and it's the the feeling is always the same
1: yeah. regardless
0: yeah. of of who you sought justice for, yeah. you know?
1: So. Yeah, I, um, I always talk about, I always ask that question because um, there's a lot of different things that happen in a law enforcement career mm-hmm. that people don't stop to think about. And they don't think about us as humans. They think that this is just our job. They signed up for it. They should know what they're gonna see. But the mind and the, we are not meant to see the things that we see our eyes can't process some of that stuff, and then we become hardened by, by this job, right? Sensitized and, to things. Yes, sure. <laughs> yes. And then we get judged by how we deal with things, right? So sure. here we are trying to do the best that we can with what we have, what we've been given, and how we want to do the right thing for everyone.
0: And it right. comes
1: back, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's uh, what started me on, the, on this path. You know that. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that sometimes uh, people don't stop to think, or not sometimes, but the fact that people don't stop to think about us. Right. And I want, I want people to, to do that. And I'm not saying that's in every case, but my goal is to um, bring, shed a light right shine this light on the fact that hey listen after we go home we're dealing with what we just saw after we it could be a couple days it could be a couple hours but we're dealing with stuff so what are you what are your feelings about um debriefings and did you did you get a lot of those in your career So
0: um, I think that there's a place uh, for them, and there is value in them. I did not get many of them at all, unfortunately. Um, But I, let's face it. So I think that oftentimes in law enforcement, if there's not a formal debriefing, police officers have a way of having their own informal debriefing. A lot of times, whether it's just hanging out for a half hour or so after your shift or going out and grabbing a drink or whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that that's, uh, the, the quote unquote choir practice that we, that there's that, you know, that term, but it's a way for law enforcement officers to, um, maybe talk about some things and then move past. Right. right? Right. Um, so I think that there's value to it. Yes. No. Um, But I think that there's more, it's never really, um, there's more that, and as you know, because you wouldn't be on this path if if you didn't probably think this way, but there's more that you can do for yourself once, you know, you have that debrief, you know, Mm -hmm. once that's done and over with your self-care doesn't end there. It doesn't. So there's, you know, so many ways, and I guess it's an individual thing, right? Yes. It is. And how you, um, when you see some of these things um, or you're dealing, like you take on grief when yes. you're dealing with, you know, the victims and their families, you're taking on their grief, right? Yes. Um, and you have to let that go. Yep. But how do you do that, right? Like, what do you do for yourself? And it's, that's a very individual thing to be able to do that because you have to be able to, you know, absolutely. put that aside. So, oh,
1: absolutely.
0: yeah, so I think that, Um, while debriefings are great Um, and you know uh, I wish I had more of them but but I'll say this that you know 26 years is a long time and law enforcement has changed tremendously
1: over that quarter of a century yes yes I love it everything everything you've said so the the no, the one thing that you said i mean you, everything you said is 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 great but the one thing that you said is relying on each other to get through those things is yeah. really truly so important yeah
0: and and you know um i think that uh for so many people that don't are are not in this world yeah they can't fathom some of the things that you see and hear, right right um, and if you were to talk to just you know your local mom at the PTO or you know another dad that you know neighbor that lives across the street, most of us would never talk about the things that we've seen and and no. heard and you know the the, the, the things that um, we've watched you know, victims and their families go through. So it's important for us to be able to talk about it among ourselves, like right. to have that safe spot, right? That safe yes. place. And I think that for the most part, most people in law enforcement find somebody that they can, you know, spend that time with. And if they don't, you know, um, there are services obviously out there, but, yes, but, uh, but like I said, I think it's important that, you know, um, when you're not, in your safe zone among other law enforcement officers that you whatever it is that you I mean I know like I love to read I have like uh, a novel next to my bed that I keep there in case I can't sleep because like after after these events take place you know you're working long hours and it's crazy it's busy you know it's hard to come home and turn the the, it's like a a a record player on repeat right? Yes. like how do you break that loop right right so for me, it was always pick up that book and read until I was tired enough where I could go to bed because when I'm reading that book, that's the last thing. And most of the time it was, you know, a light novel, you know, yes. I'm reading war and peace or, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not reading anything serious, but it's enough to like, you know, break that thought pattern I love that. for me, you know, that was something that definitely worked. And I mean, I use it to this day, even when I'm not stressed out. Yeah. It's still a relaxation um, technique for me to just read and like feel so good. I mean, if college students so could good. and fall asleep before the textbooks, like I can read a novel and fall asleep.
1: <laughs> it's so good, Pam, though. What you're saying is so good. These are like things that helped you feel better. I also, you know, I also love to read and I use all these different things, but that is so good because it turned, like you said, our mind is looping and it's going and it's going and that was your way of slowing it down and bringing it, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: when you, you just want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're, not thinking about that, the yeah. you go to sleep and you want to get that good night's sleep. I mean, how important is sleep, especially when you're working crazy hours and, mm-hmm. you know, and every law enforcement officer has felt this, you know, you work shift work or you work the night shift, you work hours that most people are, you know, can't yeah. even imagine working, whether they're just crazy hours or long hours or, you know, or, you know you work a night shift and then you got to double back for the afternoons and you yes. know it messes with your body and it messes with you know your ability to think critically so getting that sleep is always i well i love sleep so i don't <laughs> like to give it up
1: <laughs> well all these great tips though that you're sharing are 100% on point and 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 i love that you're talking about them because we do need sleep we need At least seven to nine hours. And you know, when we're young, we're like, I don't know, who needs sleep? I don't need sleep, you know? And then you get older and you're like, oh my God, I need the sleep. But it's so important. Things repair when we go to sleep at night, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I feel like the further along in our career that we got, the cumulative effect of a lack of sleep. Right. You know, like it it took you longer to recover. Yes. Yes. But but let's be honest, Tony, we wouldn't be doing this job. If, I mean, there's a lot of negatives, like the sleep, the the (laughs) schedule, the working, the weekends, the holidays, missing family functions. We wouldn't do it if it wasn't um, meaningful to us. And we didn't, you know, um, you know, even if people didn't think we were helping them, right, we had a sense of satisfaction, you know, there are people out, us, and I've noticed, you know, like, more and more people come forward and say, we support you, we support you, we support you, which is nice
1: to hear, you know. It is nice to hear, and I'm, I really um, have to say that I agree with you, because yes, there's times that things are just, like, piling up on you, and you're, like, holy moly, what the heck am I doing here, but Mm -hmm. then there's this thing that happens, When I go open my locker and I'm actually getting ready and I'm putting on all my stuff, I feel this sense of pride that comes over me. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm doing the right thing and that I'm going out there to serve the people. So yes, it is really amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and I think it's those, um, those are the times that I would think most of us live for those times where you know, we feel a sense of um, self-fulfillment because we've done good for somebody else.
1: Yes. You know? 100%. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I know you're hiding that cape there, but you're my superhero. (laughs) So thank you so much for all those beautiful things you just said. And there, you know, a lot of people listen to these things, whether it's these podcasts, I want to say, And it's not just law enforcement. There's other people, young people who are looking at this, Mm -hmm. you know, and some people are like, well, am I going to, am I going to do it? They're thinking about it. And just hearing everybody's experiences um, could help them make a better decision on what it is that they need to do. Right. 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 So yeah. And then, you know, there's other reasons of course you know that I that I that I talk about but Mm -hmm. so what advice would you give any brave souls that are wanting to do this job now (laughs) um well I would my first
0: advice would be make sure that it's what you really want to do
1: right
0: um and maybe seek out law enforcement officers and seasoned ones that you can trust that will give you both, you know, the good and the bad. Yeah. You don't want to hear just the good things because there's plenty of good things, but there's also plenty of negative things that, you know, are could be deal breakers for someone. Like, you know, this is not what I thought it would be. Um, and I think that making an educated decision about this career mm-hmm. is the best thing that you can do. It would be terrible for someone to put the time and effort in. Um, and then realize maybe seven or eight years down the road, that this really isn't for me. Right. Because then you have a tough decision, you're, you're well on your way to your career. And um, so I think that, and I I would say this about any life changing decision for anyone, not just, you know, whether you want to be in law enforcement or not, but, you know, seek out as much information as you can educate yourself so that the decision you make is a you know a well-informed one
1: yeah I love that yeah because you know there are people that wind up doing this and they're like oh my gosh I have this many years to go and maybe they're not they're afraid to leave or they're too vested into the into the years but I also want to say to that is don't stick with something that you're not really passionate about because this is one of those that can really wear on you.
0: Right. And look, we all, I don't know that there's a single law enforcement officer that hasn't thought about uh, like when they've been down, Mm
1: -hmm. tired,
0: or worn out where they haven't thought to themselves, how many more years of this do I have in me? Right. Right. Those are all all normal, I think, reactions probably to other uh, careers as well. Right you know, um, but it's somebody who doesn't really get enjoyment out of even the things that most of us would get enjoyment out of, like the camaraderie, the, you know, um, the seeking enjoyment or getting fulfillment from really helping someone, Right. you know, uh, when you get justice for a victim, like if you're really not getting a sense of satisfaction from that, then that's probably the, that's what we're all in it for, right? Right. So if that is something that you don't think that would um, fulfill you in your career, then it might not, it might not be the, and there's no wrong. It's not bad that you say like, oh, this isn't for me. I'm just saying this, the, the job is too important to take on if you're not Really, if it's not really what you want to
1: do, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and I—I I don't think I could have said it better. So, thank you for that. That's really good. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I um, want to ask you mm-hmm. any final thoughts.
0: Um, I just my final thought I think would be just to thank you.
1: Oh, thank you, you
0: for for doing what you're doing. Um you know, it's, you know, law enforcement officers, yeah, it's a big community, and we're always there for each other, but we're very prideful, and, you know, we don't want to admit our weaknesses, right, and, you know, sometimes it's just um, a few written words on a social media post that get you through the day when you're feeling down, or you're tired, or, you know, look, you know, when you're exhausted, like things get to you more, right? Yes. And that happens with law enforcement officers. Like, you know, you're working a crazy schedule, but I think I just wanted to say thank you for what you do so that, you know, it's a resource for, you know, first responders that, you know, might just need the boost that one day, or, you know, they start visiting your page more and more and listening to your talks and listening to your tips and, Just those small things, you know? So, you know, I think when you're, when you're, you know, in the midst of working the way that, you know, these people that might come to you to seek, you know, just some
1: solace, right? Yes. So so I think my final words are thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. And it's my pleasure. Um, I always say that it is our job to touch each other's lives and to make sure that we're okay. And even if it's one of my posts that sometimes are like out there, I know that there's somebody listening. So (laughs) you're very, very welcome. I am so happy that we got to talk. I'm so, so happy that you got to come on my podcast. And, you know, I love you. You are an amazing woman. I look up to you and I've always looked up to you. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm a fan girl.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. I love you too. And please take care of yourself. Be safe.
1: I'll see you. All right. Bye Bye bye. You know, our stories are not only our stories. When we share them with other people, it also becomes their story. And the best part about each and every one of us is that we are unique in our own way. And what we feel is what we feel. And we don't have to be like everybody else. So, in this quest of sharing stories of officers either on duty or retired, I am wanting for you to feel what they felt throughout their entire careers, but also get to see the human side of those officers.
0: Thanks for listening to Wellness For You. Please remember to do something daily to relieve your stress. Head on over to www.itsmetoni.com for tips. And check out Tony's Facebook page, Wellness For You. Stay safe, friends. Until next time.